And we welcome you to the Overtime Hockey Podcast. Hello again, everybody. It is hockey time, as always. And we're bringing on Taylor Ward from Map South Hockey. He's the development director uh, for junior college, 18 selects, 18s, and 16s. Taylor, thanks for joining us here today. And, you know, you've got a, a pretty cool thing that you have going on. We're going to get a little bit deeper into what you're doing with the MAP Academy and then about how you're helping uh, the guys and girls connect life and hockey lessons to becoming not only better uh, hockey players and athletes, but better people as well. So we're, sure. gonna, we're gonna get into that and I'm looking forward to that, but let's just kind of start with you. Why don't you, you uh, share your hockey background and, and, and what's brought you to this space in hockey today? Well, first Pete, thanks for having me. For sure. it's, uh, it's really cool to be here with you. And obviously you've been, um, doing a couple podcasts with our guys from Map South and, uh, um, my hockey background really is, is just from starting when I was born. I, my dad's a longtime coach and I was born in, uh, Denver, uh, Colorado, um, and really moved around all of my life since, since he was coaching, since I was born, since I was born in Denver, I was there. And then I was in, um, would you, Duke, Iowa. would you like to name drop your father? <laughs> sure. I, uh, Troy Ward is, uh, my dad. He's, uh, from North, uh, North St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and has been a long time coach, uh, in a lot of different levels, NHL down to the USHL. Uh, it's, it's kind of been, you know, any kind of different league experience and he's pretty much had even overseas in Europe. So I've, I've been really fortunate to obviously be around him and watch him and, and be a part of the, the staffs and offices that he's been around. Um, and, you know, just kind of been able to soak in a lot of the experience as a hockey player. Um, and a hockey uh, coach to, to really, you know, put myself where I am today and, and obviously have a, a really good uh, mentor and, and, and um, uh, you know, person in my life that can help me in any situation that, that coaching brings up. And whether it's a, an 18-year-old or a 10-year-old that we're, we're coaching or 13-year-old, sorry, that we're coaching at MAP, it's, you know, I'm really ready for any situation. And it's really in large part due to my, my long and um, you know, different spotted, uh, past with what my dad's been able to do. So it's been, um, it's been really fun that way. And I'm really excited to see where we can, you know, continue to grow with, with both his, his, uh, path and my path. So it's really cool. You've got a great blend of, uh, experience that you've been able to, you know, draw on and, and knowledge and, yeah. you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, the wisdom of your father and then all of the life experiences that you've been able to, be a part of but then right. as well just in your own life you traveling around the globe basically because of hockey when we start talking yep. life lessons and getting into the whole concept of that who better to be able to do that than you i mean you, you've probably pretty much experienced everything right yeah it's been a lot you know from college to junior hockey uh, to you know playing t- um, two years of kind of double a triple a in pittsburgh then moving down to uh, Houston, Texas, where my dad was part of the Houston Arrows organization and, um, playing AAA down there for my junior and senior year of high school. It's, you know, the, any kind of situation or a different kind of team situation I've, I've kind of been through and seen. And, um, you know, it's, it's always different every year, but I, you know, it's, it's, that's the fun part for me is always being able to be around uh, a group of people and really help and try and, um, you know, just be the glue that anybody really needs to, to help each other. And, um, at the same time, bring my life lessons to what they're maybe going through now and all of our 16 through 21 year olds that are at map. It's, 
uh, it's such an unbelievable time in their lives as far as like where they are yeah. in, in their path and in development wise, just not only as a player, but as a person, right? You're learning how to manage time. You're learning how to, how to train differently. You're learning how to use your, your brain to, you know, to keep yourself consistent and committed. And, and um, it's, uh, you know, it all, it all translates. It's so, you never really think about it as an athlete, right? When you're on the ice, it's just like, well, you're just playing hockey again, but you know, there's so many life lessons and, and, and transitions that can happen and really affect both areas really, really well. Well, you know, there are a lot of players you look out there that are all, you know, around the world, very good. I mean, skilled, right. talented, but really the difference when you're 16 to 18, even 22 years old is how you take in all of those other life experiences, pressures, mm-hmm. you know, what, right. what, what are your hockey expectations versus others? There's so many other things that go into it. It's one thing to be a skilled player, but it's a whole other thing to, to grow internally. And I think, and I, we're going to get into it deeper here, but this is just sort of uh, the 30,000 foot view. I would think, yeah. you know, basically if you have a good internal mental approach to what it is that you're really doing and more importantly, the why that's going to yeah. help you advance, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, you really have to draw on that as you get older, right? You're, you're yeah. getting, um, you know, like you've got to continue to remind yourself and that's really where the habits and routines can start to build, uh, to where, you know, you never really forget your why and your, and your routines are always there to keep you consistent with the, the goal that you have in mind or the vision that you have for yourself. And as long as those habits and routines are in line with that goal, um, and you, and you have a constant reminder of why you're doing it, it's, it can become, um, pretty much automatic at some point, but it's, it's, that's the tough part is like kids are, are now learning to do that, but it's also, they also have a lot to fight. I think more than in years past of, of social media, being on their phone, different things, pulling them different directions. Um, you know, and what we're trying to do at map is, is help them become consistent in one area of life when, when a lot of other things might be inconsistent. So tell me about how the Academy works. If I'm, I'm part of map, what do I do? How is this presented to me? Is it an add-on? Is it part of the program? What's the structure of MAP Academy? MAP Academy is just informational sit-down seminars for our kids to uh, and athletes to come in, and um, we're going to email out you know the dates here in the next couple of weeks, probably in the next week here to to our athletes and. What they'll be able to do is what I'm going to have them do is they're going to leave their phone in the gym. I don't want the phones in the room because this is something that uh, information that I believe really needs to be um, absorbed and thought about and written down. And the other part that they have to do when they come to the MAP Academy sessions is they have to have their own notebook or planner. Um, yeah, I think the one thing that we can start helping these kids with, especially for you know, our older kids, but also the younger kids, they can start learning these habits too, is just time management and having a separate schedule that keeps them in line with their training, uh, keeps them in line with what they need to do outside of the rink and help them a little bit with, you know, the time management and the expectation of when you're here, you're here, when you're at home, you're at home. And, and, um, you know, we, we, you know, I said this in our, in our, um, our first, uh, you know, first meeting with everybody and the new parents and the new kids. Uh, I said, you know, like 16 year olds, 18 year olds, if your car is a mess and your room's a mess and, and your schools or school and grades and everything like that are, are kind of tough. You can't expect to be a really good hockey player because 
things can leak into one another. And that's where we want them to start to realize, you know, if, if everything's a mess outside the rink, it's really hard to come into the rink and be focused and 100% committed to what you're doing. You, your mind might be somewhere else. And the first thing for any development in any area of life is, is that you have to have your mindset right. Uh, if, as long as your mindset is in line with what you want to do and, and how you want to do it, it's going to it's going to happen, but it's going to take time. Right. And, and development doesn't happen in in just a, a few short weeks at MAP. It, it, it happens in over eight months to years at MAP. And that's where we want them to realize you're not going to develop as fast as you think. You have to be committed uh, consistently to to what you want to do. And. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that we're going to go through. It's, you know, the first one's going to be about expectations. Um, on April 18th, this, uh, the first, the first one will be, and, and it's going to be about expectations, but also having a really strong vision for what you, what kind of player you want to be and, and then keeping yourself aligned with that vision and starting your habits and routines to get there. Um, a quick question for you. Know, we, we were all that age. Can I jump in real quick? We were all that age. Yeah. So when you get into yeah. that first session, right, and you have these guys, and everybody kind of has their own idea of, of, you know, they have the answers, correct? And right. um, yep. do you have some of that stuff that you have to kind of work through with these uh, athletes and just say, you know, be patient with it and, and, until they start buying into what the messaging is? Yeah, and I think it's it, you have to realize, like, you know, the kids in Minnesota, it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's rich with talent, right? Like yep. every kid has, has, is, 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 you know, grown around the game. They live around the game. It's not even just out at a rink. It, you know, you see rinks outside in parks, built in parking lots. Um, my grandparents always had a, had a huge open rink behind their house that was filled with kids every winter. And, and I always have really great memories of going back there and skating with my cousins all the time. But, you know, that's the, that's the culture around here. Yep. There's so much talent that, you know, a lot of kids are, are so talented here, but they are not ready for the life lessons that are going to be coming. And whether uh -huh. that's, you know, going from the, you know, the big fish uh, of, uh, you know, being the big fish on the, on the team of Andover or Maple Grove, and then all of a sudden they're going to go play junior hockey in the North American League or USHL, and they're going to have to fight for a spot. They're going to have to, you know, develop and, and mature as, as a player and as a person so that they continue to, do the things they are used to doing, but you know, there's going to be a lot of adversity for these kids to, to start to, to go through, but the kids that can handle that adversity, adversity the right way um, with these tools that we want to give them, I think will, will it'll just, you know, you know, it'll uh, elongate their careers and, and help hopefully make them better people in the long run. Great answer. And uh, I think for anybody listening to this, uh, that's a great synopsis of the dynamic that uh, exists here in, in our uh, community-based program, which is absolutely <laughs> a blessing, but it can also be a bit of a curse. But I would say the blessings way outweigh those. But if you're looking to go oh, to the next sure. level, yeah, correct. If you're going to the next level, you have to really understand that it is a business, uh, that yep. you do earn your space, and if you don't fit, you're gone. Uh, there's there's not sure. a lot of options to it, and that you're living somewhere else, and that you're on a regimented schedule. And you have to wiggle right. in the school. And it's kind of a shock to the system. So uh, I think this is just important information for everybody to hear. I don't know of anybody else that's really doing this to this level and capacity. Uh, can you can you say that that's true? I mean, do you know of anybody else that's doing this? I mean, this is absolutely brilliant on your part. Uh, no, I, I, this is a this is a, a accumulation of a lot of different experiences that I've tried to put myself through as a coach over the last 
six years. I, I started with, you know, the women's team at, at Eau Claire and I, I was just fortunate enough to, uh, to um, be hired there just because I was done playing hockey and, and I was really, you know, really not done with the game. And, you know, from that point on to, to working in the USHL uh, with Sioux city and Waterloo to going out East as a head coach for a year, um, being able to learn from guys like Jason Kersner, Luke Strand, um, you know, like the, the, all these guys and, and, you know, PK O'Hanley, like they're all just unbelievable people. And, and that's where, you know, it's rubbed off on me and in different situations of, of East coast hockey, Midwest hockey, there's not a lot of help in the life portion as far as day to day. It's just, you're expected to show up and, and do and, and play the right way in junior hockey, right. Or even college hockey. And it's, you know, it's that part that I was like, okay, there's like not too much of this, but I was also able to learn a lot about the mental side of the game from Jason Kirshner out East, um, who was a, a coach of mine when I was playing in the North American league. And it, it's just, it's a seamless transition, but a lot of coaches I don't think have time, you know, in, in junior hockey, especially, or even college hockey to really touch on a lot of life points and make them a little bit more aware of how it all goes together. Well, um, Absolutely, and I, I was going to say at the uh, NHL level, they do the, do this with all their incoming draft picks, and they have their player development people that work on that. So then, why would not you? I mean, that makes complete sense. Uh, when we were talking earlier, you're kind of talking us through the curriculum day one, the things you go through, and you sparked all these questions. And me, sorry about that. I didn't mean to no, derail too yeah. hard. But That's then, what happens after that? Let's pick up where we left off there. What do you mean? As far as just, uh, yeah, let's just pick up where you left off. You're kind of talking about day one, how you get you know the guys uh, and the girls acclimated to the program and what to expect. And then uh, I had a couple questions in that regard. And you know, what happens after the first day? And uh, continue us through the process, how long it goes, and uh, what the relationship's like between yourself and uh, the players that come in. Oh, after, after they go through that first life, you know, uh, you know uh, Map South Academy session, uh, you know, I want them to have that notebook as like a separate part of their life, which is, you know, just being able to write down everything that they need, you know, especially, you know, we'll go over specific goals. Like a lot of kids don't have a lot of like a specific goal for practice, right? Like, so as they write down things now and they have their planner that they bring in and they write down the things that they want to start to remember and, and add as, as a player or a person, um, I want them to come in and talk to, talk to us about that, whether it's, you know, Hey, I really liked what you, what you said here. Like, how can I do this differently? And one of the things is just even having a specific or a focus or a goal or mindset for practice. Some kids are, are good at, are better at skating. Some kids need work at their hands. Some kids need work at getting um, the puck on and off their, their tape quicker. So decision-making processes, um, whatever is, is needed for that player. I think they can start to really fine tune what they focus on during that, that session to where they're not just coming in anymore, just to go through the motions and say, okay, all right, I completed my day at map. I'm better for it. Like just by showing up at map does not mean you're going to make the next team or, or be on the the next, the top line or get more minutes. It's the time, it's the time in between map and it's the time at map that you, you start to focus on different things so that, you know, it's a little bit more of, consistency over intensity, whether, you know, you just being able to consistently focus on one or two things during that practice, which is maybe staying lower in your, in your stride or having a better posture and getting lower. Some kids are standing up a lot during practice. By the end of practice, they're just almost straight legged. Right. But 
the kids that are able to focus on staying low and, and being able to make sure that that's a focus of practice. I really want to stay low today and then make sure that I, I build my legs to where I have a better, longer stride and my recovery is better. You know, that's, that's something we can start to have conversations about with these kids when they write things down. And, um, you know, whether it's knowing that they have, the other part is just really knowing what they have in their day. And, you know, if you're really going to put your time and effort into being a better hockey player and, and putting yourself at a different level than you are today, it's, it's going to be about your time management and, abil- and the ability to write down, okay, I've got to be at the map at map at five for a six o'clock skate. We've got a workout right after that six o'clock skate at seven twenty, And um, I've got to have, you know, this ready. I've got to have my lunch ready. I've got to have a protein shake ready, but that's all written down. So then once they wake up in the morning, they know what they need to do. There's no decision-making. There's just a process that they go through of getting dressed, getting ready to go, getting to school, being at school, focused on school, but then they also are prepared for math. They just have to go from one place to the next. And there's no um, decision fatigue of, of being like, okay, what can I do today? I could probably go to math. I could probably go on the lake. I could probably go to a friend's house. You know, I, I'll make that decision when that happens. But that's just another decision you have to make. Some kids are 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 better at doing that, but then I'll, there's a lot of kids that that slow their that slow themselves down when they have to make so many decisions in the day. Once they're able to write that down in their schedule and the details that go along with it to be prepared for it, it starts to build that habit of writing things down. But then that habit turns into a better routine of you getting to the rink and being at the rink, being prepared for for being at the rink. So that, to me, is going to speed up their development process a lot lot quicker than just them showing up. So how long does this relationship go on? I mean, does it continue from the classroom into a season? How do you handle that? We at Map South, this is one of the greatest things about Map South is like we're always there for them. It's not it's not a it's not a just your hey, you we only talk uh when you're at the rink. Like these kids can call us any at any time. The parents can call us at really any time uh, about what's going on with, with their kids and, and how they're being as athletes and how they're being as people and, and it's like, you know, that's that's what we want is is you know, we have a, a team and, and, and our and our and our athletes are, are the best part of our day when they're at the rink, that's when we're having the most interaction and the most fun. And we're able to, to point out things that they haven't seen or, or maybe show things to them in a different way. And that's, you know, that's the joy of coaching is when you get into this level of, of detail and, um, and just teaching things, it's, it's, it's really fun. So like, that's where we want to be able to be there for any part of their, their path. And whether that's, you know, having the first time of, of maybe being sat down like a, you know a kid that was a senior in high school had a lot of points now going to junior hockey and he's still with us at map you know he can call us anytime and, and be and just give you know another ear to to, to lend and and make sure that they're they're being listened to and, and helped that you know whichever situation it is um you know we want to be able to help them in that way so you know we we spend a lot of time on the phone with with different kids and parents and at the same time we also um, have different, you know, sit down one-on-one meetings with kids or, or one-on-one phone conversations that help them just get aligned with what they need to do. And, and if there's just, you know, whether it's help with, with making a decision for junior hockey, which camp to go to or, or anything like that, we'll, we'll give them our, our opinion. Obviously it's on them to have a, a, a good mindset of their own, but also have good conversation with their own parents about it. And that's that communication factor really is a huge part of MAP South, which is, 
you know, the kids can call us anytime. If there's a, if they, if they know they're not going to be able to make practice, if they're sick or if their car broke down or something else, they can just text us and say, Hey, uh, this happened today. I, I, I'm not sure how to you know handle it yet. I'm not sure I'll be able to be there today. And we'll just, we'll just respond right away and say, Hey, don't worry about it. If we, if you need us, let us know. Uh, but we'll see you again uh, when you can make it. So and that's, that's, that's the cool part. This sounds a lot like uh, if you have a, 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 an advisor, that's a lot of what you guys are doing right here. I mean, in, in a nutshell, and you do it in an environment where you're, you're not only interested in, you know, helping a player land where they need to and do what they do. That's, that's kind of one dimensional uh, where it becomes three dimensional is that you're taking care of the whole uh, player uh, in, in and of itself in that it's about uh, player development. It's about uh, the next steps to getting them better and improving on and off the ice, which I think is great. A mm-hmm. uh, couple more questions for you here. Uh, do you need to be part of the entire map South map product, or can you just jump in and do this part of the Academy? Uh, you do need to be a part of map South. That's, you know, that's the, the, the reward of being a part of it is, is you get to be uh, privy to a lot of different information that maybe isn't said a lot by a, by maybe just your high school coach or your Bantam coach. It, it's, it's, it's more of, you know, you're, you're becoming better in life, not just in hockey. And then you're trying to do um, things differently and, and become consistent in areas that, that are sometimes very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it, yes, you do have to be a part of map South, but you know, that's, that's, that's the, uh, the reward and the, 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 you know, what did I say last night to the kids? Like, you know, when you're, if you're, you earned the opportunity to be at map, right? Like they, all these kids were, were, um, were able to be at map and, and, and be, um, a part of map. So now they're, they're, they've earned this information. And, and if you would like this information, you can come in and, and be a part of it and, and start to add habits and routines to your life that are going to make you in the long run, much better down the road, um, to start these things now than, than to wait for a, a certain hard life situation to really teach you. We'd rather show these kids some things now so that they don't have to go through all the hard ways of life than them, you know, coming in and sitting down and really starting to, to soak in what, what is, what is available to them. Um, so that's, that's really, you know, what we want to be able to do and whether it's, uh, you know, having them start, a, you know, it's one thing too, is just starting a mistake response. Some kids don't know how to react to their mistakes. You know, like mistakes don't lose you games response to mistakes will, you know, if you, if you take yourself out of the game, you know, you, how do you, how do you, how do you do when you make a mistake in a drill? Like, right. You, you, you shut down Is the next four reps really bad. You have to have the right response when things go wrong. So, you know, we're going to talk about the mistake response. We're going to talk about, um, you know, how you want to respond, but that takes thought that takes sitting down as a player, as a person and really thinking how you can get yourself back to neutral to where you can um, continue practice or continue uh, the game and, and continue to, you know, build and, and move forward. And we want to make sure that these kids don't stop in their tracks or stop themselves in their tracks. It's really um, coming down to that part. So, you know, the elite inverse average, like, you know, the thing is, is just is how you spend your time. That's really how it is. And like they're, they're, they've earned the opportunity to be elite in the, in the game of hockey. And we want to make sure that they spend their time wisely so that they know the difference between that elite versus average is how you spend your time. And 
Um, it, it can go through, I can go through a lot of different detail with it, but um, that's kind of where we are with it. So it's really that part. Um, you know, the first part is going to be expectations, vision of, of what kind of player they want to be. The session two will be a lot about um, time management routines. Uh, then session three is going to be a little bit more for our older group, which is the junior and college route. Um, the, the, the different scenarios that are going to come up in your junior career. Um, you know, how to communicate with college coaches, stuff like that. But then session four is going to be all about mental, mental strength um, and mental, just the mental game of hockey um, and how to keep yourself aligned with what you need to do and, uh, and stuff like that. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, the one thing it's, it's just so different, right? You're, you're not used to coming to the rink and getting this information. You're used to coming to the rink and, and getting warmed up with a couple of, you know, shooting drills and then you're hopping into some other drill. Right. But um, you know, there's, there's so many other things that we can talk about with them. That's going to allow them to open their minds so that they're ready for things down the road and, and they can start to mold themselves the way they want to. Well, that's um, really, I, I mentioned the word brilliant earlier in this uh, pod and uh, I think it's, it's what is missing in the game today. I mean, there's a few things, obviously, because it can always get better. And, you know, we work to, uh, as a hockey community, to do that and, and work on that development. And it's so interesting because, you know, Taylor, I find the word development is bounced around a lot. You know, what does that, mm-hmm. really, what does that really mean? You know, every, everybody seems to have an idea of what development is. And, and what I'm sensing here with what you guys are doing as an organization is development is the entire, uh, the entire encapsulated player. It's everything on off ice, mental, physical, how to be a teammate, how to work together, how to handle, you know, one of the things you mentioned is, is if, if you do something wrong or how do you react to a mistake, but you know, beyond that, how do you react to what, you know, in the old days we would call, and maybe when you coached coaching, you know, it doesn't mean yeah. we're, it doesn't mean we're railing on you. It, it, it means we're trying to help you. Can you accept that information? Can you process it? And can you execute it better the next time? And I think sometimes that gets in the way of people, you know, that, that gets into the attitude part of the game, the coachability. And then, you know, then you have all your other things. I mean, do do you guys get into, you know, the whole compete level and, you know, you know, when you're in situations and, and, and your competitiveness, do you, do you go down that route too ever? Yeah, and I think that touches a little bit more on what, you know, the the response to things is, you know, they want to continue to not react. We don't want reaction. We want responses, right? And and but it's a it's a it's an it's a response to whether it's you know you you know you make your turnover at the blue line. You know your coach is going to be mad at you. You come back. You listen to you. But that's that's knowing. Okay, hey, here's your here's the the turnover or the mistake that just happened, you know, it just happened. You know, it's probably going to follow whether your coach is a yeller or, uh, you know, he'll put your arm around you. There's, there's different guys like that, right? There's different, there's, those are two different coaches that still exist. And you have to have a response for each of the, each of those guys. And it should be the same response, whether it's the guy that puts, puts his arm around you or the guy that is going to let you know right away, Hey, you've got to get, you've got to do that better. That's all he might say to you. Like that's it. But how you respond to that information is just by taking the information out of it and not paying attention to the emotion that some coaches might bring. The emotion is, 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 is just a lot of what a coach is, right? You know, and I tell these our older players, you are able to do what you are right now. But if you're going to go make that kind of turnover or, or play like that uh, in junior hockey, that coach has to feed his family. He does not have time for you to, to – uh, 
make a lot of mistakes out there because that's going to add up to losses for your team. And those losses are going to add up to things that aren't going to go well for that coach. He might have a kid. He might have two kids. He might have a whole family that he has to worry about and take care of. He's not going to have time for that kind of play. So they have to really take part of it. Like there's people in this game that, that really care, but they also are, are, are relying on this game. They have a lot of skin in this game. That's going to allow them to continue to live the life they want to live. But you have to be ready for that kind of um, heat because they're going to have passion. There's going to be coaches that have a lot of passion. And, and as long as you know that they have passion about it, it's not anger. It's more just passion. Then you know that, that they're really pushing you to be better. And, and taking that out of it is, is really the lesson of, of what we want to help these kids with is not, they're not mad at you. They know that they just, they need to be passionate with you so that you get it and you get the lesson and you move forward. Well, you're really saying, uh, don't be, take it personal. And, totally. and I think totally. that there's it's a coaching. lot of situations. It's, not, it's, it's never personal. Yeah, it's only coaching. It, 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 it's, you, you have to understand that. And I think for a lot of athletes, I don't care what era we're talking about, that's hard. And oftentimes we hear about, you know, uh, well, you know, I don't really like the coach or it's not a fit or it's not this. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. You're, maybe you're not the fit because, you know, you're not. I mean, it never turns to the player ever. You know, we hear about that all the time. You know, you hear players, mm-hmm. coach, hear this, that. What it really comes down to is everybody has different communication styles. And if you're prepared to receive the information that's being sent to you, sometimes if it's on a bench, you know, some coaches don't say much, as you know, uh, during games and others do. Uh, Some have more emotion than others than others do. You know, another thing that this is just off the rails, but, you know, I've I've never really, you know, the refs that are the, the guys that are like just just hammering refs. You know, sometimes that no. could, that could be that could be construed on the bench as excuses are being made. Now, you as a player yep. can't let that settle in that you're being screwed, and and you know that's like just a thing that I would say that goes on the inverse, where you just have to like look past that, and not worry about what's going on over there, and you have to play the game in front of you and not make excuses, things like that. For sure, yeah, and that's that's something you know, even as a, as a coach myself, that I've learned. Um, and, and still getting better at it, obviously. The, the, the refs are, are really never going to be something that you can control. No. Right? Nope. It's just never going to happen. They never, they never put their hand up, get yelled at, and then rethink their, their, their call and, and rescind it, right? They, I've never they seen it. They're going to follow through with it. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, it. It's something like that is like, okay, they're just not going to change because you're, you're mad at, your, at the call they just gave you. It's just not going to change. So the, the the point of getting mad about it and letting it take you out of the game mentally for the next 10 minutes is just not not how we want to react. We want to respond with, with okay, no worries. We're going to kill it off. We'll go back yep. to work. So, like, our minds go like, from for our teams now. We want to teach them to, you know, okay, we see the call happen. We, we're going on a penalty kill. We immediately start focusing on a penalty kill and the details of our kill. Not you accept about it, else. right? You just accept yes. it and you take the accept task at hand. On. Correct. Exactly. And then whatever and else is going on around you. Enough as yep. a team and as a team and ment- mentally wise, like it can add up. It can really add up to where they start never paying attention to the refs. And they almost take a mentality of, we just have to continue to outwork the other team so that the, the refs never become a part of the game. And, and you, it's, it's, it's way different. Totally agree. You, you can make them a part of the game if you want to. And for sure. It, it, and, could, and I think coaches do that more still because they yeah. just, it's the, the constant coach ref battle of like, okay, how's this game going? Is it a, is it a, is it a, is it a fast game? Is it a checking game? Um, and, and 
you know, refs can get wrapped up in it myself. I can, I can get wrapped up in it sometimes, but it's important for coaches to set the mentality against refs so that it never becomes a part of what they are doing. It's just more of what the refs or the coaches have to um, control themselves with. I think a lot of times, you know, you see coaches really yelling at refs and, and really getting on them. And I think you can pull your team out mentally because you're always on a ref. And I've done that before. I, I'm not going to say I haven't. Um, but I've learned over time that, you know, if, if, if I'm really on a ref that one game, it's really going to be tough for, for my players to focus. And, and I really don't want to, you know, set that precedent of like, it's okay to be on the ref. You know, he's never going to make a call because you or make a call differently because of how you are. So exactly, you know, that's just how it should go. All things that players can take with them when they're part of the map Academy and things that aren't regularly spoken about. And uh, between you and I, um, from a coaching perspective, I've coached for from 87, uh, mostly at the youth level, but for, forever. And then, you know, in baseball as well. But the psychology of athletes and, and execution is so important and about time management, about preparation, about approach to games, about in-game mm-hmm. mental management. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you could almost for an athlete have a college degree for that because there's so much psychology that goes into everything just as a person. And then the other part is that that I think is really important to take from this conversation we're having Taylor is, you know, hockey ends (laughs) and you know, you either continue working in the hockey business and not everybody's going to, because there's just not a ton of jobs, but you have to go into business somewhere else and work within a team environment, work for a boss, work for a manager, pressure, all of that stuff. Nothing is different, really. This 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 yeah. absolutely translates right into the next steps of life. Would you agree with that? For sure, a hundred percent. Of course, you know, like that. The way you build yourself as an athlete and and how you spend your time is is going to be a reflection at some point down the road. And whether that's your first job, or your second job, or whatever else it is in life, or how you handle your own family alone. Yeah. The communication within your family and how you, and how that dynamic uh, works, um, and, and the the relationship you have with your wife or your or your husband um, is going to matter to your kids, and and that's where they have to learn that, you know, they're they're, the one thing is their their development and maturity are hand in hand, right? They they go with at the same route, but they go at the same speed, mm-hmm. and the more that they can understand that, um, it's going to help them down light down the road with with whatever sort of um, situation they put themselves in and whether it's, you know, their first job being able to communicate with well with people right away and, and, and come in and say, hello, um, good morning. How are you? You know, those little details add up to a lot of, um, a lot better of an approach to life. And, and it really, you know, how you spend your time with people, how much you are able to listen to them. Um, you know, it, it can, it can be a lot more, beneficial for you to to do things like that now or start things like that now i'm not expecting every kid that comes to our map academy sessions to start a new life approach right it's not going to happen within one session but it's going to happen over time and it's going to happen if they choose to um to do it like that and 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 approach it like that um you know whether it's self-control or or just the process in which they want to do things or their routines how they schedule things you know if, if they're really good about like starting to, to, you know, jot down their time and, and make sure that they're, they're sticking to their schedule and, and making sure that everyone that, that needs them in a day is, um, 
is helped or accounted for, they they can they can go to bed that night and say that they really put themselves uh, out there and make sure that they they are being the people that they want to be, and and not letting anybody else really you know sway them from that and make sure you know it's just yeah I, you know, there's so many answers I could give you, but it's just uh, it's a lot more rewarding um, to just to have both sides of this being talked about than just the hockey part. That's you know, right. you'd yeah, rather that's see right. them. I'd rather see them get the job they want down the road um, because of these routines than than just doing them to right now to to make the next team. I want them to be able to go down the road in life and 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 say, okay, I started this routine back in 2022 and I'm still doing it now, and it's helped me so much. And if that's just one little thing that we've talked about, that's 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 what um, makes it worth it. Uh, your passion is real. Your product is great. Uh, this has been Taylor Ward from Map South Hockey, director, uh, development director for junior college, uh, 18 selects, 18s and 16s. The great program, and uh, we've had uh, a great run of three podcasts with your organization with different looks at what you have going on. And uh, I must say that it's been an absolute uh, uh, pleasure to, to uh, discuss with you guys, and hopefully we can do some more. Uh, follow-ups and things down the road. So, Taylor, thanks for joining this uh, program today, and uh, your information was most enlightening. Yeah, thank you for, for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. That was Taylor Ward. He from Map South Hockey. I'm Pete Wagner. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Overtime Hockey Podcast. So long, everybody.